Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or StockTwits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. And welcome, Howard Lindzen. You are on, well, it's like Shark Tank. We have shark, great white shark music that made sense in March. But now it's like party. The world is opening. Vaccines are everywhere. Dancing in the streets. I'm hugging random women. Oh, you are already, huh? Yeah, I yeah. am. I wear a white suit. I wear my sailor suit, and I just start hugging people in, oh, in this wow, one Phoenix. I'm, sh- I'm sure they're enthralled. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few complaints being filed as we speak. So this is fun. Once a week, I'm telling you, I'm a new man. Once a week is it's great. It's like a shot of testosterone. People say, oh, you should get testosterone shots. I say, why don't I just cut my podcast to one a week? Same thing. No side effects. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm out of material. That was That's a great it. show, Knut. I yes. think we came on strong. I think so. I think so. we made a point. Well, thanks to the if audience. you see me in really a sailor suit across yeah. the street, if you're in Phoenix and see a guy with a big nose and a mole in a white sailor suit, he didn't go to war. He's just looking for a hug. <laughs> he, he just came out of that hole in the ground. <laughs> oh, my God. What are we supposed to talk about on this show? I have so no idea. You closed the door, so I feel like entrapped at some level. Yeah, you Kind are. of like you uh, are. my wife. She knows when I'm I'm interested in a thing, I just lock everything down in the house and turn up. <laughs> she goes, what's happened? Someone died? I go, no. So speaking of uh, having nothing, anything unrelated to today's episode, <laughs> today we have my friend Sam Jones. Which Excellent. Is a fantastic name. When you say Sam Jones, and then you say he's from, he lives in Oxford, companies in Oxford, which is the UK, in case you didn't know. I did. Oh, okay. You knew because you're yeah. from Europe. Yeah. And are you Europe or Scandinavian? Is it Europe or Scandinavian? Do you take We're offense? both. So if I say Europe, you're fine with that? Yeah. Okay. So fellow European. Yes. And let me just say, I mean, it sounds like the most handsome person. UK, Sam Jones. I've Zoomed with him. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he's ugly. I'm you're just, just saying. full of compliments I thought there, it was going to be like, a, like 007. Hello, I'm Sam Jones. Oh, right, and, right, right. And right, English. Right, yeah. And, uh, but yeah. You like know. every English person, a little bit of a disappointment, like like Prince Charles. Less shaken, but not stirred, and yeah. more put the kettle on. Yeah, I'm just shaking him up before he comes on. Now he's going to be just like, <laughs> can't be as cocky. Because this guy is, he's an unbelievable entrepreneur. So today's episode, I want to just dig into e-commerce. Because it, okay. is, it is life. E-commerce is life. It is it commerce is. as we know it. It's changed so much in the last nine months. Forget about the last five years. In the last nine months, bananas. And TikTok has kind of become... E-commerce, but it's not an e-commerce company. It has to become one. It's a algorithm media company. So Sam knows more about this and everything. He's put a team together to build a company called, ooh, that's five O's. Meaning if you open something you like and you go, ooh, do you say ooh in Europe? If you like something? Ooh, yeah. Yes. O-O-O-O-O.com. That was one too many. It is literally, no, it's five. Yeah. Ooh, 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 (laughs) ooh, ooh, dot com. So five, one, two, and in Canada, that's six. So this, it's five and a half. If you type it in from Canada, you got to type in five O's and a zero dot com. So ooh dot com, Sam started it. I am a personal small investor because it's over in the UK and I just couldn't run it through our fund. The, right. the amazing thing he's built, he's built like one of the top apps in like two months. And it's an incredible model of OnlyFans meets, it started as I think it was like TikTok meets commerce. I think it's become OnlyFans 
meets commerce. He's huh. going to walk you through the model. It's an incredible app. It's only available in the UK right now, but they're going to open up around the world. But I want to tell you where e-commerce has come. You know, from my first job, the grip. Right. Before there was e-commerce, there was a thing called QVC. Remember? Oh, I do. QVC was the internet. Uh And the internet was 7,000 heavyset women and illegals answering the phone of like three hosts on TV. (laughs) Rows and rows of people in Philadelphia (laughs) answering Comcast phones Uh saying, yes, we know your cable bill is too high, but did you call for the limited edition jewelry set, uh, fake jewelry uh, that our hostesses wear. And the, and the TV would just like, that was the internet. Mm-hmm. It was the beginnings of the internet. But you had one channel, QVC. And I'm telling you, I saw the heart of the internet because we had a product, as you know, The Grip, right. Scatterday, who won't come on the show. Uh, it's because he knows you. Yeah. Not because he's not, we're not friends. It's just, he's, I know, just kidding. he's, he just won't. I keep, he has the best stories. So he was e-commerce before e-commerce. He was right at the heart of e-commerce. Uh-huh. And I was his first employee. Brilliant man. And we got the QVC contract. We had a, a product called the grip, as you know, mm-hmm. the grip was a stress ball, bird seeds, stress wrapped. I mean, five balloons stress wrapped around Siberian millet. <laughs> and it became a QVC hall of fame product. Right. And we would get orders for millions of balls from QVC and QVC was the internet. They made you, it was like turning on the internet, except there was one WWW and it was QVC. Today it's flipped. Everybody is QVC. And so when I saw Sam explain me this model, I got excited and this is global. Like he's just in the UK and he can, it's, it's bananas. And he built this beautiful kind of OnlyFans TikToky app. And we're going to talk about building an e-commerce company today. Did I get it out properly? Absolutely. Do we, do, is he, st- I mean, what is it? How he much might, is it a minute he may for have him waiting asleep. on a phone? Is it $10 a minute still, the way it's, we do it? No, it's twelve fifty. So let's stop wasting time. Yes. Let's get Sam Jones on the phone. Well, and remember people, sounds handsome. All Sam right. Jones. Hey guys, nice to be here. Thank you so much for the intro. Yes, and it sounds like you're English. Yep, I'm in. Um, I spent half my life in Asia, pretty much, but I'm I'm English from the north of England, and uh, but now I live in Oxford, two minutes from my office, and literally on the same road as some of the best colleges in the world. So yeah, it's a great spot to be based to build this company. And if you were to choose one school sweatshirt, walking around Oxford, w- would it be Oxford or would it be a competitor? Well, I mean, I, I was never bright enough to, I um, was building my first company when I was at uni. I went to a place called Salford University. I was never bright enough for Oxford, but I'm now based in one of their buildings. So I've kind of weaseled my way in, but <laughs> I'd probably be wearing a, I'd be wearing a Liverpool football shirt, if anything. Oh, Liverpool. Yeah. Been in a few fights. Soccer hooligans. So <laughs> now we're in an era of e-commerce hooligans. So let's give a little bit of background. No, you know what? Tell me about Ooh.com, where the idea came from, and then we'll work back in your history. But let's talk about today. Ooh.com. So I, um, like I said, I spent a lot of my life as a kid and, and more recently as an adult until three years ago, living in Asia, mainly Hong Kong, a little bit of Singapore. And um, I, I was a headhunter for 10 years in Asia, moving people from banks to, to hedge funds. Oh. So I, I, was always, I was always very connected in, in kind of Asia talent pool. And I, I saw a lot of people invest early on in Alibaba. Um, in Hong Kong. And so I was always very intrigued with the kind of movement in e- e-commerce. And I started building my first tech companies about 10 years ago in data visualization, compensation, benchmarking. And then I had a sports app. So I was, my journey sort of was running parallel with e-commerce. I was never really in it. 
Um, and then three years ago, someone had invested in, in one of my companies um, from Wish, one of the two guys that were founders of Wish, and they invited me to come and join them and be part of their kind of marketing efforts, um, which is a US-based, you know, very successful company. So I was there for a few years and, I, you know, I obviously Wish hugely successful and I saw their model and I could see Amazon's model. And I, I, I felt that um, e-commerce was just so... It, it wasn't lost on me in the last few weeks that Bezos stepped down. You know, I think he's pretty much conquered the planet. You know, like you can't beat Amazon when it comes to experience. Um, and you can't really enter traditional e-commerce if you, if you don't have millions and millions and millions of dollars in spend. But I saw something four years ago when I was in Hong Kong. And it was two, it's actually two things. Musically, I started out of Shanghai and I knew two of the founders, one of them particularly well, Lewis. And I saw this incredible company they were building, um, you know, using video and um, recommendation engines. And my kids, I have three daughters, they were all hooked on it. And it was the first Chinese app I saw that had the attention of Western eyes. And uh, I went to visit the guys a few times in Shanghai and just was obsessed with this movement towards short video and live video in applications. And even four or five years ago, the Chinese were putting these live streaming applications into commerce, you know, Taobao Live, Kuai Shao, these businesses started to emerge and it totally changed everything when I saw these applications. And about the same time, the second thing I saw was a Korean application, I think it was called 21, and it was based on people in their bedrooms providing mm -hmm. entertainment, like playing guitars and people watching, members of the public watching and tipping. I literally like giving someone a dollar for their time. So it totally threw me when I saw this technology and I never really did anything with it. I, I started to learn who was you know, providing the streaming for these apps. One of the companies is Agora based in um, Shanghai and yeah, LA. The stock. Yeah, it's an amazing company. It went yeah, public yeah, itself. yeah, so I met Tony from the, the founder of that company who's a you know, legend in Chinese tech scene. Yeah. And I just started to learn like what was going on, um, what were all the kind of moves being made in China. And I couldn't quite put my finger on where was the opportunity for me in that space, but I was obsessed with it. And mm. I saw HQ Trivia come in, which I thought was so close to an amazing business. So and close, right? Like if they open up the platform and let everybody make shows for them, they would have- Yeah, so I actually acquired the name pubquiz.com and I employed a very famous sports guy in the UK called John Motson to do a sports quiz every day. And I tinkered with it for a while, built an app, and I thought, no, that's not quite right. I'll park it, I'll come back to it. And then I was at Wish for a few years, and um, you know, Wish, Wish, hugely successful company, but I struggled as an entrepreneur to live in in a company you know, as, as developed as Wish, even though it's still less than 10 years old. I, I struggled with the travel and not being able to express myself as an entrepreneur. So I sort of stepped away from Wish and spent a few months working with a hugely successful um, Israeli billionaire, just in his family office working on projects. And then, and then in, literally a year ago, I just had this um, moment where I thought I could see certain things happening. Like, firstly, if you look at Facebook, you know, at attention is so expensive these days. Like the, the, the cost of finding a customers through things like Facebook and Google and so on, it's too expensive. And yep. what's happened in China through PDD is that instead of rewarding the equivalent of Zuckerberg for finding customers, PDD reward the community for bringing more customers. So they actually shave they off 30%. The model. They've totally flipped the model. So I, so I want, I was trying to build this first thing. Secondly, I wanted, you know, Amazon has given the world a lot, but it's also taken away a lot. You know, shopping is extremely lonely. You know, you, you're often talking to a robot, packed by a robot, received by a robot. 
And the applications in China, PDD and Kuaishao, they are much more about entertainment. Um, so, so we wanted to do, you know, reward the community for helping it grow. Secondly, make it entertaining. And thirdly, get on the back of, you know, the kind of interface design we see in TikTok, which is, you know, very deep recommendation engine, rapid exploration of, of content. And then fourthly, you know, on the back of live streaming in China, you know, and live streaming in China is now recognized as a career by the government. Like there's, it's a $180 billion oh. industry. One in 10 transactions on the internet go through live. And the premier wow. of China has said that 5 million people need to be trained in the next five years to be live hosts. Hey, yeah, that's just fascinating. It's just like I had Shopify Harley on and I'm like, Man, if I had a kid today, I'd say get into enterprise sales or go work helping people on the customer support side of Shopify. You'll know how to do retail in six months. Exactly. So so we, we started to look at this and then I started to say like, you know, 20 years ago, I, I had products that were sold on QVC, but QVC, usually the salespeople, they have a lot of fake tan, they have big white teeth and they tell you everything's amazing. And people just don't buy that anymore, in my opinion. Uh, you haven't been to America <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's true because there's not. I mean, we had an orange president, dude. He was selling a lot of yeah. crap. Anyways, keep going. Uh, no, I know but, what you're but saying. My I know kids what you're saying. Buy it. Yeah, but so so we we sort of wrapped all those things together, and and I thought, okay, we need to build a combination of PDD and Kuaishao that is a movement towards entertainment commerce, where we have a platform where you list a million products, which anyone can go on tag onto. And they can broadcast themselves and sell the products. Um, so that was kind uh -huh. of the that was That's the that was the thirty thousand foot um, view. So I got together with my co-founder Eric. He was one of the first ten guys into Musically. Uh, engineer took them to ten million daily active users, and uh, he's in Shanghai. I'm in Oxford, and he's now got twenty one people full time in Shanghai, and we've got nearly twenty here in in the UK. Um, and yeah, it's you know we we're, we're now. Uh, really well into it and uh it's uh, i think i think it's pivoted heavily in the last three or four months which freaks out a lot of a lot of my colleagues but you know i love rapidly pivoting almost two or three times a week sometimes but um that freaks so many people out but it's it just means in less than a year we found a model which i think is like super crazy good and so explain where the experience is today so where the experience is today is we have built, we'll have 25 channels um, in, in the app. So I, I describe who as a network of channels, all based around a particular category where everything you see is shoppable. So what that means is you go into our app and um, we've realized that the live broadcast is where the action is because that's where the, the engagement is. So we've centered around products where there's a really deep passion because if, if there's a culture in a product like sneakers or handbags or jewelry, um, something like this, cosmetics, um, toys, if, if there's a culture and a conversation, then it's better to be live because you can have conversations about it. So, so what I did was I, I learned that Walt Disney um, in Florida, when he bought the whole of Florida for the Walt Disney theme park, he actually did it through 25 different companies or something crazy because he never wanted to know who the person was. So in the last year, I've been acquiring all of the .TV domains on the planet. So we've got cosmetics TV, perfume TV, jewelry TV, sneaker TV, electronics TV, toys TV. And it goes on and on and on and on. And what this means is we can go to a brand in the cosmetic space and say to them, 
hey guys, how would you like your products to be featured in a live shopping channel? Um, and they said, well, what does that mean? He says, well, it's really easy. You list your products and we give your products to an army of creators who we've pre-selected. And they basically make videos about only the stuff they love. They're never negative about your products, but if they love them, they speak about them. And we totally cut out the retailer. And our prediction is the retail industry's finished as we know it before. So we, we approach people either straight from the source. So maybe it's a beauty device from China, the, the very, very best made one in China. Or we go straight to a wholesaler who owns huge amounts of brands. Or we go straight to a brand. But we don't work with retailers because there's no margin left. And of course, with COVID, our timing was was decent, you know, because half of the retailers are closed. And so, so then on the flip side, we we go and find someone who's highly passionate, highly relatable, perhaps a bit quirky, who are very knowledgeable about cosmetics. And they go into our app, they pick a product that they like the look of, we put it in their hands, we send it to them, we say, make some content live. So they make a live show about eyelashes. And when they press live in our app, they can push that into Instagram, YouTube, and this, that, and the other. And when things sell, you see in real time your commission coming in. And we, you know, we can do split screen conversations with people. Um, we can give away prizes. You know, you can be very, very intimate how you show the product with the camera. And people can say, you know, show it. How does it compare to this? You know, try it with this clothing, this, that, and the other. So we're basically doing this for cosmetics, but then we're going right the way through to you know, toys. We're, we're launching it with some of the biggest drone companies in the world, Toys TV. Toys TV, in my mind, will be the biggest TV showroom in the world. So we will, we will have drones flying through Oxford. We will have remote control cars driving through Hyde Park, and we will sell them straight from the source. So it's trying to connect the source to really credible creators and trying to break through that kind of QVC form of selling and do something a bit more kind of, I guess, YouTube-like. But in every video, there's a button in the bottom right-hand corner where you can just press buy. Or we take the money in our app, we pay the commissions from our app and pay the seller from our app. So, um, And anyway, we, we were building this, you know, and we've now sort of going into shoes TV, handbags TV, sunglasses TV is a crazy one we've got the best designer and manufacturer of sunglasses from Hong Kong with 4,000 designs. And then when I said we were pivoting, we've, we've added some really interesting features where um, by the end of a day, you know, some days we have so many live shows from warehouses and factories in China and this kind of stuff. And then it's always sad for me when you get to 8 p.m. at night and there's no live shows on. And people are saying, well, when's the next live show? So we have one girl on the show who's a, who's a musician. She does beauty reviews. And she said, Sam, I don't know about doing lives anymore. I get really nervous. I like doing the short TikTok videos, but I don't know about doing the, the lives. And I said, what do you do as a full-time job? And she said, I'm, I'm a singer. And I said, well, listen, why don't you put some Hugo Boss perfume next to you? And Hugo Boss have told us about it for years. You don't need to say anything. Just play your guitar. So she said, I, I can't do that. My agent won't allow it. But, but a, a few weeks later, I, on a Sunday night, this is three weeks ago, I said to somebody, would you tomorrow night, a Sunday night, play the guitar with some Hugo Boss next to you? And as you play, I'll drop the price in real time. Every song you do, the room will go up. And we had 3,000 people in the room. And we dropped the price, kept dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. And I said to this guy, I'll pay 200 pounds up front. Um, he's a busker. 
they call it busking in the UK when you play music on Covent Garden or whatever. And this guy's had the worst year of his life, you know, cancelled weddings, cancelled guitar classes. And he sat there in his bedroom and I was in the bedroom with him, which was kind of weird. And um, he's, he's playing his guitar, 3,000 people in the room. He made 800 pounds. So he took a cut of every perfume sold and we paid him up front. And that was the night we invented this new channel called Busking TV. So the next day we had a rapper on. Then the next day we had something else on. And suddenly the app had gone from commerce, where every video was shoppable, to we had entertainment. And I've now got a team of people finding talent every day. And this was a huge step for us because it made the app a step towards entertainment commerce. And we've got a magician on next week. And it just means we don't have to buy ads because we're backing the, the artist. I make all these artists wear a T-shirt. We pay them up front. And uh, so that, that, was, that was really fun. So it's really, it's just developing. It's like TikTok was the inspiration and wish. And now is it kind of OnlyFans? Like, I guess it's just a, a work in progress. But is it helping in the UK and not in the pressure of like the US or China? I think, you know, I spoke to some VCs in the last few days and they, they were really pleased that we're based in Oxford. You know, they think the China-US thing's complicated. I mean, it wasn't lost on me that, um, you know, TikTok got booted out of the US. You know, it's, I think everyone's so terrified of, of how successful it is. And, you know, I, my team are from ByteDance, you know, some of them, and they're very smart. They, they work 996, which is 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., six days a week. A lot of them sleep for an hour after lunch, but you would never bet against this talent pool. And um, I think um, when TikTok got kicked out of the US, I think it was probably because of lobbying from Facebook and others who are terrified of their progress. And uh, so I think, you know, I think to have that, we, we needed some of the behaviors of TikTok in our app. But I guess more than anything, we're trying to build community and uh, we're adding another layer on top of the kind of entertainment angle. And we're building something called School TV, which is funny, funny how your life works out. You know, I'm in the center of Oxford. Literally, I live on the same road as, as a college where Tolkien studied. So I walk past it every day with my dogs and I'm speaking to students who are 22, 23 years old, having a tough time getting through college, you know, with money. And I'm saying to them, I'll pay you a hundred pounds, come and do a one hour seminar on our platform, telling the world anything you want to know about Egyptians or the Roman Empire or marine biology. And school TV is another twist for us where we've got this education, entertainment. Yesterday, we launched Gym TV, which is giving people workouts. And I think all of these things just mean we don't have to blow our beans on, uh, on user acquisition investment. You know, it's try and build a genuine community. So, uh, yeah, it's like pivoted like crazy. And, uh, when we have the education and the entertainment element, we've added a button that's for tipping. So you can literally say, wow, I just listened to a kid talking about politics from Harvard or Cambridge or whatever, and I'm going to give him one US dollar. That was cool. In the UK, are they? is it an e-commerce country or is it different than the US? Or how do you take this across? No, we've, we've got the internet over here. You know, no, I didn't mean uh, like that, but everybody's advanced. different in culture-wise. Like the Chinese obviously invented a lot of this stuff, the US you know, with Facebook, but Facebook seems stale. Yeah. You know, Clubhouse is the rage and audio is the rage yeah. here. I mean, that, that just ripped in the last three weeks over here. Like I'd, I'd, I'd heard a lot of people talk about it, Andreessen Horowitz and 
it just suddenly in two or three weeks is like the new LinkedIn. You know, that was amazing to watch it spread. Um, I think I think over here, I mean, you know, the, the younger you go, TikTok's incredibly strong. Um, you know, Facebook, yeah. I mean, once your parents are on Facebook, it's kind of game over. But um, yeah, I mean, Amazon is very, very strong in the UK. ASOS, we just hired a head of supply chain from ASOS. Um, ASOS is good here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, I mean, it's nowhere near as advanced as China um, in terms of, um, in ter- you know, you know, in um, China, we, we've just bought this name Fish TV. And in three weeks, we're launching from London's oldest fish market. We're launching um, fresh fish. So in China, like if you go into Kuaishao and, you know, you can download it, obviously now public company in the US, but you can buy dogs or chickens or you can buy fish literally as they're being pulled out of the sea. There's someone on the boat recording it and you can buy that fish and you can have it delivered to you within four or five hours. And they call it in China, ocean to plate. And the thing is with the Chinese, they're the most forward thinking and efficient people. You can literally buy fish through a video that will be delivered to you. And that just changes everything. And people trust that there. I don't know. Here it's like gold yeah, bellies, right? Yeah. Like if I want a bagel, I go to gold bellies. And I, know I picked the, you know, the famous bagel place, and that's how I trust it. So that's what I mean by culture. Everybody's different. The United States is very jujitsu, right? There's no one app to win them all, right? Like, I think America is very much constellation, other than e-commerce, where kind of Amazon's kind of ruling. And TikTok really wasn't built as an e-commerce company, so it has to either evolve or acquire, or can they pull it off themselves? Do you know the thing is, we on Sunday, I was in, there's a famous market in London called Camden Market. And the Israeli guy I mentioned, Teddy, he owns Camden Market. So it's 16 acres in central London. And he has 700 market traders in Camden who've been shut down since March. And I said to him, look, let's come and run the, the, our app in Camden Market. So I, I acquired Camden Market TV. And he opened up three traders for me, a toy shop full of like, Dukes of Hazard toys from 40 years ago, Star Wars toys, amazing little shop. He's not sold anything for nine months. And then we did a jewelry shop, a barber shop, and a hat shop. And um, in five minutes, this guy had sold a He-Man figure for 700 pounds, a Star Wars figure for 300 pounds. The guy made a few thousand dollars in, in like minutes. I'll send you the video of it. And I don't know if TikTok would send their team to deal with characters like that, you know? And, and so I think the opportunity for us is to be on the phone to a sunglasses designer in China who's in the middle of nowhere and to actually go to their factory and do that last mile where you're literally in some scummy little factory recording a video for someone that's being watched in Cambridge in the UK. And I think what TikTok will do in commerce is they will, um, because they've got such incredible daily active users, they will be great at selling Nike and Subway and, you know, you name it, all the big retailers. Yeah. But And crowdsourcing all the talent. Like if you're talent, you want to start there and build yeah, your... Yeah, yeah, yeah. To- totally. We'll, we'll do it with less talent pool and we'll go, we'll go into the really sketchy parts of the world and, and hopefully help you find stuff you can't find in Foot Locker. And that's where you got to build the community. So it's been a wild ride with COVID. And so what do you do post-COVID? You know, I think I think it, this has gone on so long that I just think it's I think it's just given people a new way of behaving in all kinds of avenues of their lives. So we've just taken a shop in Soho in central London. 
which is a pop-up place where we've got loads of inventory. People can go in and just literally grab a product and broadcast about it. And we've got seven warehouses in the UK where people can go to and sell literally from, from the warehouse. We've got Camden Market now, Notting Hill, where we're going to be active in. Um, so, I, you know, we'll, we'll get across Italy, Milan, go to all the capitals where there's great products and just start broadcasting. Literally, we press one button in our app and you're literally live. will pop up in Milan, will pop up in Paris. We've got the number one seller of vintage handbags in Paris. They sell Louis Vuitton, Chanel, um, Prada, Gucci, you name it, all of them. They've got 200,000 vintage handbags, which means pre-loved, immaculate condition. We do a handbag show twice a week and people sit and watch it, even though they're not going to buy the Louis Vuitton. Some people buy the Louis Vuitton, but it's a culture. People would watch it's like, you know, I watch old football videos. Some people watch handbag shows. You know, and so uh, what was the trick being such a young company of moving? What were the jujitsu tricks that are just common sense that you can share about growing in this era? Because it's expensive to get users. You figured out some some creative ways to grow. Yeah. How do you work your way up the app store like you have to a number one app at one point? Yeah, I think I think it was um I think for me, you know, having founded a few companies, it was finding a partner, you know, on the on the engineering side and me doing the kind of fast-paced strategy, fundraising, marketing, and having Eric and the team in China who are very close to all of the gamification features that you see in something like PDD, where you've got the tribal buying and so on, having him develop those. So one thing we did, we have a concept called Lucky Box, which is if you bring 10 friends to the app, we send you a box full of products worth up to 200 pounds. Mm. So the, the, a lot of these are samples in the box, but they've been you know, great products worth that amount. But the brands gave us those for maybe 10 pounds, you know, pre-shipped. So we're actually getting users for about a pound. So it doesn't matter how so, good the idea is, is your team can bang that out and integrate it into the app and have that live. That's a really good idea. I mean, e-commerce allows listen, you to listen do to, that. Listen to this one. This, this is my favorite idea. So, I'm wondering if I should tell you. Um, we, we we literally now we're up and running the team. We can we can add features in days, and um, you know that's 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 the magic when you've got if you have the money to pay your own developers and you see something working and you like the tipping feature. We had it built in six days. You know, integrated with you know Stripe and this that and the other. To do that that fast is just so so great. Um, and I think as well to answer your question, I think. When you have people in the team that get in the way of your vision or they're not, I just learned to fire people quickly. And it sounds, it sounds awful, but you know, we've, it's, it's the right thing. You know, if it doesn't feel like someone's aligned with your mission or delivering, we're in such a hurry, you know, we've just moved them out of the way, gone for someone else. And, you know, um, and I think I've just learned that over time, you know, you just got to, you got to get the right people on the bus. And so you consider it an e-commerce company now, or is it a media business? Yeah, I mean, great question. So we, we, we've just taken a space in Oxford. Literally, it's, it's a, one of the university buildings, brand new, 35 seats, a huge studio in there that, that is where they test robots um, for the university. And, and I'm building the office as the biggest showroom of um, robots, drones, We've got drinks TV, so we're filming from vineyards in Italy, Tuscany, uh, you know, south of France. Um, so our company is basically creating radical content live ab about products, which will then recycle into the press, into social media. So it's a mixture of commerce, entertainment, and, and, and media, I would say. It's like super, um, I mean, it's definitely not Amazon. <laughs> 
And so the next continent, like, I mean, obviously UK is massive. So when do you decide to go to another part of the world? How do you decide that? Yeah, I mean, we, we already have a plan. So we're, we're going into Brazil next. We have a partner in Brazil who's a top five player in, in e-commerce. So they have all of the logistics, the trucks, the products, 4 million products, 60,000 sellers. As an e-commerce company, they're terrified of TikTok coming in and eating their lunch. So, so we're going to JV with companies like that where they take our app um, and they pay for everything onshore. And they, they have a new kind of social commerce app in Brazil. And we'll do the same in Israel. Um, the only market we might not JV with anyone might be the US. So we'll be in the US for probably May or June um, of this year. And then, yeah, markets like India, Middle East, Russia, it's just a nightmare to do on your own. So we'll, we'll partner with someone and, and just provide the tech. Um, and I think you're a marketing guy, sorry to interrupt, but where did you come up with the name? It was it just five-letter name and memorable? Yeah, I, I think we wanted something very memorable, very simple. And I also thought, this company might end up very, very different to where we start. So at the beginning, it was cosmetics, and, you know, bikinis and stuff like this we were going to sell. And I, yeah, I'm most passionate about the school and music and the entertainment angle. So we wanted something that meant nothing. And I spoke to the guys at GoDaddy and said, can you give me a list of, you know, a load of names of companies with, you know, a bunch of O's and something that looked fun. And yeah, they, they said there's a guy who owns Zoo.com. He's had it since 1994 in the US or 1996 or something. So yeah, it cost, you know, it's $46,000 for a name, but you know, I That's think- cheap. It, so it, wait a minute. So GoDaddy, you can physically talk to someone there? We had the old CEO yeah, on the yeah, other yeah. week. So you, no, they have no, a department they, that actually can help you like real estate, like a physical- I've got, I've got so many domains with huh? these guys. But no, I, I, I said to them, they, they have a great, I love GoDaddy, you know, yeah, their so service and- but I, I, no, I said to them, listen, you know, I think I must be on one of their top service lines, but I said, I want to buy a name. I want three O's or four O's or, you know, like something like TikTok or Boohoo that doesn't really mean much when it starts, but you can give it an identity. But, um, and then, and then I just started buying in the last 12 months, all the you know, TV. school TV and yeah, as many as I could find. All right. Well, great. Is there anything I'm missing about the business? Um, no, no, I think, I think, um, you've pretty much, you, you know, you've, you've seen it change. You know, we've had a lot of conversations when I was very, very early stages and it's, you know, it's nice to share the journey. I think one thing we're doing, which is really fun. I'm a big fan of the office, you know, the, which started in the UK and I actually have hired a guy to follow us around for the next 12 months to capture the whole thing. And I'm going to release a, a, a documentary called the app. So um, literally every day, this guy arrives at my house and follows me to work. And the other day, he showed up and my daughter, Lila, her hamster died last Sunday. So on the Monday, I had to go and bury it in the park. Anyway, it just turned up on, on this particular day, he turned up and was filming me. So in the documentary, there's me burying a hamster in, uh, in the church graveyard in Oxford. So yeah, that's going to be a fun documentary. But he comes in every meeting every negotiation VCs are calling us. I've talked about doing that with Canute. Some people have said, oh, if people followed Howard around, it'd be funny. I mean, it'd have to be highly edited, but that's a big commitment for you to have cameras around all the time. Yeah. I mean, I say all the time, he's, he's probably with me three days a week in the office, but I, I think from a marketing perspective, it's so valuable to just, and, and record the journey, you know, the investors, the team, the challenges that, you know, my story with it, the, the link with China, and then I think, yeah, the other thing I didn't tell you is 
we've just partnered with the biggest training company of live hosts in China. So it's a company called Gathering Star who are training Smart. all these that's people. Because that's the thing that we'll come back to is the five, like China doesn't want the US. China just got their own problems. So where do you, as a guy in London or Oxford, thinking about China-US relations, what's the end game? You know, I, I love China and, and I, um, I'm very, very pro their culture, their business sense and so on. So we've done this deal with Gathering Star where all of their university or academy to train people to become hosts, we're going to get that IP and market it globally as a JV. So, the, you know, Boris Johnson in the UK keeps piping on about how he's going to save the retail industry. And the answer is not building more shops. The answer is training people who work in shops to run live shows from their bedroom. And give them some products, some training, and an app and a ring light, and, and taking them from being people who work on the shop floor to being retailers from their bedroom. Well, it's happening and, no matter what these idiots do. Yeah. Because it's happened because of COVID. Doesn't matter. Like, yeah. It's called uh, natural selection. And uh, you can't commercial build your mall out of it. People will congregate. People will go to Covent Garden again. People will miss those little things. Will I go to Suffrages or Harvey Nichols again? Those just seem dumb. Uh, you know, even though yeah. they were beautiful and, and interesting, I just have done looking at rows and rows of products on a shelf. And I think that's interesting. Food will have to be reimagined. I don't want to, unless I'm in New York, I'd rather eat Trader Joe's meals at home and watch Netflix. So, so there are like you, I, at least for people over 50, that this year has just ingrained, hey man, if it's not my favorite place, I'll just stay at home and Netflix and uh, pick my moments. But this China-US thing is super interesting. You're kind of in the middle of it. So you, you understand both cultures really well. And so who becomes the king of, of digital? Like they seem to have the wall and we don't have the wall. So how do you stop China? And what does the UK feel about all these apps? I, I just took an, an amazing investor in um, Tim, Tim, Tim Zhang or Dong Zhang. Um, he built 10 products with Google. He was the number one employee at Baidu. He was one of the very, very first investors in Kwai Xiao. He's just joined our team. He, he invested $3 million a couple of weeks ago. And he um, he's joined the team. He's 46-year-old machine learning guru. And he's joined our team as head of strategy, which, which means bringing more tech leadership to our China team because he's a bit of a hero on, in the engineering circles, but also helping us build all of those kind of PDD features. Um, my view is if you do all your R&D in China, but you're able to kind of westernize the features so it's a bit more easy on the eye maybe, but if you, if you use all of their kind of smarts and you can find the biggest and best partners in, in the West, then you've got a chance. Um, I think that sums it up. Like if you go to war, it used to be software was India and everything looked terrible because they didn't know what to design. China just figured out mobile because they had to. And yeah. they just figured out how to design and integrate and create customer acquisition models while Facebook probably because they had the wall, Facebook couldn't innovate and didn't know what was working. It's so interesting how China kicked our ass digitally with their digital wall that it may just be too late. Well, and M and A is the dangerous thing, you know. When you just like Tencent bought their is, way out of China, correct? They've got yeah, uh, yeah. Snapchat in their portfolio and Tencent Music and uh, Fortnite. Yep, yeah, crazy, crazy companies. And so, do you just see it just melding? So the best entrepreneurs just have to do both. Y yeah, I, I think you know. I think you've just got to. I talked about this with someone today, like. For me, I'm extremely comfortable. We, we did we did a show literally seven days ago where I was in a warehouse that has one million styles of sneaker at their disposal. 
and we have a show called Sneaker TV. And in Sneaker TV, we show 20 pairs of shoes. And then on the other side of the room, I've got a million shoes. So I said to the guys, what on earth do we do? We, you know, we don't have time to put a million. So, so I said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to run a show tonight called Hot or Not. And you're going to show a trainer for 10 seconds. And we're going to ask the room. Actually, if you go to oo.com, you can see this happening. The guy's on there. It's, the guy's called the King of Trainers. 100,000 followers. This guy lives and dies sneakers. He has done for years. And I said, hold a trainer up for 10 seconds and we're going to get through 300 shoes. And by the end of that session, we knew which shoes people loved. You can just see in the, you know, the, the emojis flying through the screen. We said, put a heart or a piece of ice. Tell us what you love, hot or not. And by the end of it, I drove home. Um, this is last Monday night. And I rang the guys in China and I said, guys, get up. I said, we need to build a feature called Hot or Not, which is a, th a thumb or a thumbs down in the app. And real time, we can tell you what people like and we can give it a score in the app. And it's like kind of Tinder for shopping. And I said to these guys, build it. And they said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to go to China. We're going to wander around a warehouse where there's 50,000 pairs of sunglasses that haven't even been sent to the US yet to the shops. And we're going to say to people, Hot or not, hot or not, hot or not. And by the end of the day, we'll know which sunglasses are going to be popular in six months' time, but we'll be ahead of everyone. So you know, it's only a week ago, but that moment to me is so valuable because you, you're literally changing the business strategy in real time. You know, it's not like, oh, yeah, that will be in version three in six months' time. We're all a bit too busy. You know, absolute rubbish. You, you've got to be so quick. And, uh, you know, look at the evidence that you see in front of you with your eyes, but also have the balls to, to make a decision and say, do that. And um, that only comes with experience and, uh, you know, an ability to take some risk. But I think that for me, that's this is why I love this stage of the business. All right. Well, congratulations on the capital raise. Congratulations on uh, just running a thousand miles an hour through COVID. And I'm excited to track the progress. The Americans, I, you know, I just wanted to understand the e-commerce side of all this and where it's going. Americans' closest thing to being able to do this is what do you think? I mean, it's only fans for content. What do you think? There is no American version. Yeah, I, th I think there's some great apps. There's an app called Super Great in New York, which is more beauty. You know, we, we've sort of spun out of beauty, but they, I think they've got a good community with short video. I don't know what they're doing with live. Uh -huh. Super and then great. there's Pop Shop. Super great. Super great in New York. I, I don't know them, but I've seen their app and I think they've got a good grasp of design and it's a community with video of a product. But um, I like that one, but uh, I think it's different to where we're heading. And then um, Pop Shop Live is, I think, Benchmark Capital have backed that one. That's, again, using streaming like Agora services, I think. But that's, I think it's more retail, helping retailers broadcast, which is, again, a bit different to our model. But um yeah, and that's I just think. in America. So the Americans are attacking. Well, our country's so big that you can attack it in little vertical things and just become a billion dollar company moving products. So it's just different. Yeah. Very exciting times. Yeah. And uh, have you lived in the States or no? No, a big, big regret of mine. I lived in Australia, Singapore, Hong Kong, UK. But I, whenever I'm in the US, I feel like people don't look at me like I'm crazy when I'm talking about businesses, whereas it's not easy to be an entrepreneur in the UK sometimes. Wow, but yeah. um, I, I, Hong Kong, it's easy to be an entrepreneur. But I always find in, in the US, people are, you know, if something doesn't work out and you fail, they're very supportive of your enterprise. And uh, so I, I wish I'd have lived in the US. But, you know, I'm very grateful to be where I am. And, you know, maybe one day we'll get there. All right. Well, thanks, my man, Sam. Congrats on Ooh. 
And uh, I'm glad that Wayne introduced us, and we'll have you back to catch up soon. Yes. Wayne Lloyd. I owe him a lot for Wayne uh, Lloyd. Vancouver meets Oxford meets Hong Kong meets Arizona. This is social leverage at its best, Wayne. Thanks for connecting us. And uh, Sam, continued success. Keep cranking and keep me in the loop. Thank you both, guys. See you. Appreciate it. Thank you. K-Nut. Yeah. There, UK. Well, a little he, international it flavor. It sounds like he's figured it out. Yeah, I mean, dude, this thing. Visionary. There's a bit of an edge there in the UK because of his Chinese relationships. Like the app right. is wild. Like every time I open it, it's oh. just, because he's iterating because it's so new. But they, they somehow got to like number one in, in shopping app. Wow. And right. they're exploding, so they take a lot of uh, capital to get that to go that fast, right? Yeah, but the thing is about the UK is, like he said, it's just not entrepreneurial at at many levels, and shopping is such a universal thing. Right. So he picked an interesting area to start. Like he said, with Pop Shop, he mentioned here, and the other one that he mentioned, there's hundreds already mm-hmm. here. And they're built on top of this Agora, which powers live streaming. So anybody can build a live streaming app. Which is what I said, everybody becomes QVC. And in the public markets, API is the ticker symbol, and the stock is on the back of Clubhouse has doubled. But like Agora has been around for a while, powering live streaming. So there you have it. Everything's connected. Generally, it's connected to the public markets, and everybody can participate. This is why Agora is the most interesting thing, Uh because there's a thousand potential ooze that all picks and shovels plug themselves into Agora. Uh-huh. Agora collects like AT&T. Agora collects whether you uh, make money or lose money. All right. So anyways, so hopefully that explains a few things. Did you enjoy that, Canute? I really did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The, uh, and he sounds it. smarter. Even if it was a bad idea, it sounded pretty good. <laughs> his English. And well, you know. And you trust it for some reason. British. They just, you know, they're trustworthy and they sound smart no matter yeah. what. He sounds handsome too. Yeah, you think so? Sounds handsome. I have, I have no. You sound I have no idea about that. You yeah. sound like a stud. Well, you, you, I, look, well, you look pretty I, good I, for your age. What's the number you. now? 59. What's your sleep number? <laughs> 11? I threw that one out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You are listening to Prostate with Friends. We're going to sit for too long and say, man, do I have to pee? No, this is Panic with Friends, which seems to be the dumbest name for a show when everybody's partying. It doesn't no have to be cares. relevant. Okay, we're sticking with the name. Yeah. It's Panic with Friends. Knut and I talking to friends, investors, traders, entrepreneurs, trying to stay six months, maybe six weeks, sometimes just six hours ahead of the slow pokes out there. And uh, yes, you one idea you got today was API. It's a little bit uh, long in the tooth over the last few months. But by playing with these toys like Ooh, et cetera, by understanding how these products work, you can discover some pretty fascinating ideas to make money. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you can look us up on Spotify or Apple or Google, Panic with Friends, or search my name, Howard Linzon, L-I-N-D-Z-O-N, and you can subscribe. Please subscribe. You hit the subscribe button. I get a little alert that says, Howie Fan. No, I don't do that. But uh, hit the subscribe. You'll get a, an alert when we do a show once a week. And I appreciate everybody for uh, tuning in. Thanks, Stock Twits, for distributing and making it possible. Canute, see you. See ya.